Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Who, who, who's got a crush on you? Hello, hunks. It's Dream Phone, the electronic game with the talking phone. To win, call guys, get clues, figure out which guy really likes you. He's not wearing a hat. Bye, guys. What'd he say? My secret. Ah, uh-huh. you. He's not at the beach. See you later, guys. <laughs> it's Dan. Dan, my man. You're right. I really like you. Yes. <laughs> Dream Phone, the hot electronic talking phone game. It's for you. So hello and welcome to another Rock and Roll Rugby podcast. Ryan Wallis joining me as always. Wallis is usually the bit where I ask you how you've been and how's your week been, but I got a feeling it's going to be a long one from you having a little moan on Twitter yesterday. So I'll introduce our guest first. Yeah. And then you, I'll leave you, I'll leave you run, I'll leave you run. So joining us, a man who's now begun to live the good life. He's uh He's living off the land. I was a bit worried last Saturday when I misread it, but it turns out he was checking the chicken, so we're all right. Johnny McGinty's with us. How are you doing, Johnny? I'm very good, sir. How are you? I'm not too bad, thanks. I'm Wall. The question. How's your week been? My week's been all right, actually. It's like, apart from apart from consistently do, having to do six-day weeks at the minute and being fucking knackered, my week's, my week's been all right, including yesterday that you alluded to just now, where I had a, I, I, didn't, I wouldn't say I had a rant, I just thought I was sort of stirring the pot a little bit with the so-called know-it-alls of the South Terrace at the Cardiff Arms Park, um, or the sort of so-called know-it-alls who think that whatever their opinion is, is the right answer for everything, which is clearly utter bollocks. Um, so yeah, to be honest, a lot of the stuff I was saying on Twitter yesterday to uh, my fellow Cardiff Rugby, Cardiff Blues, Cardiff RFC, Cardiff Hashtags, Cardiff Can't Say That Colour fans, um, to be honest, was just me winding them up a little bit. But I thought, you know, Sunday afternoon, I'm bored. My, Lewis is on the on the telly playing on his Xbox, so I'm going to sit in my bed and just wind a few fucking idiots up, which, I, to be fair, looked like I succeeded. 
I will say, like, falling out with Blues fans on Twitter is a rite of passage. Everyone at some point, if you're going to be on Welsh Rugby Twitter, at some point you've got to fall out with Blues fans. Even if you're a Blues In fact, especially if you're a Blues fan, you fall out with each other quite a lot. And there are sane, rational, normal Blues fans who might be listening, all, all both of them, right? They will be bored with having these conversations. One of which is currently on this podcast. no. Definitely not. <laughs> and they, I see the argument on both sides. People make good, salient points. And unfortunately, there's more people who talk a lot of shit and stupid, ridiculous arguments that come from both sides. So I'm glad you got caught up in the yesterday, though. It's nice to see. It's nice to, see to, to be honest, I, I didn't necessarily have to. I just thought it would be quite funny. And a lot of the things that I did say was, it was in jest and just to wind them up a little bit. The one thing that I was semi-serious about, I was still waiting for my reply on, is I don't understand why Cardiff Rugby, the region, don't play the games elsewhere in the region. But apparently, because it's all Cardiff Rugby Club, they have to play in Cardiff, which isn't I necessarily the right thing. Elsewhere. Even if you take the saddest road, it's only... In twelve miles on a road, yeah, no, a train. A no, train. Exactly, exactly. But I, I, I went in a bit further because I could clearly see it was going to be an absolute massive issue that these fucking absolute knobs that just think Cardiff rugby should be based based in Cardiff, which is utter bollocks. Um, <laughs> I'm just, just checking my watch to see how long we were on before we actually heard someone say, "Why can't they just play games at Sardis Road?" <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just I don't know. I, I've been up in blues. Blues fan or Cardiff rugby fan for fucking years, but at the end of the day, apparently my opinion is incorrect. Well, my opinion is incorrect, and their opinion is fucking shit. Whereas, you know, without these arguments happening, I would never have talked to him in the first place. It was on the back of these arguments where your opinion wasn't valid either. They told someone to shut up and stop being a dick. <laughs> as far as I can see with the name, right, there's only, there's only two arguments, and one is please don't call them the Blues. I don't like them being called the Blues. I like them being called Cardiff. And the other one is, please call them the Blues. I quite like them being called the Blues. Because yeah. everything else is just bollocks. Yeah. Utter nonsense. No one's not putting funds in because they're called the Blues. No one's doing feeling more included because it, it's just, either you think it's a cool name or you don't think it's a cool name. That's the only argument. Uh, fucking nonsense. I've obviously had my own Twitter run-ins this week just to keep the podcast on track. <laughs> Some people being unhappy that I told other people to ignore them, wanted me to ring them. So there we go. Just to clear up, the only people I ring are my mother, my girlfriend, and my kids. So if you all of those positions are currently filled. So they, I'm not ringing anybody. Unless it's the Chinese. If said person turns up with salt and pepper chicken on a Friday night, I'll give them a ring. But otherwise, fuck off. For, for, for those who would like to have said person's number, wait until the end, the end of the podcast. <laughs> Do you know, I don't think I fought with anyone on Twitter this week. I was going to say, I was your week being if you had any Twitter I don't, I don't think I fought with anybody. That's quite disappointing. So, I don't think I've been well behaved this week. Well done, Johnny. Yeah, there was, I feel pretty pleased with myself. There was no, um, there was no um, fighting on Twitter. They, you, you, I think me, you and Gav joined in on the whole um, PowerPoint presentation, didn't we? For, oh, yeah. Yeah, for so rebranding the blues. Yeah, that was more in jest. No one well, took me up on any of my great ideas. <laughs> it wouldn't last long. You call someone a cannon shagger or call an extra racist or something, it'll all kick off again. We played them this weekend. I still managed to not fight with anybody. I must be slipping. <laughs> Is this good life for you living, man? Living off a live children? <laughs> now you don't eat anything else. So we'll kick off with the, um, the big news of this week as well. 
obviously the massive news that everyone's got to mention. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow got so depressed, she had bread. Yeah. Was that, was that, was that you were lowest point in, in lockdown world, eating some bread? Fuck me. If that was a low point, I'd be fucked for the last 35 years, mate. <laughs> well, no, I, th- I think the low point was the fact she also said she ate pasta, which is surely that's a lot of people's staple, unless you've got an issue with gluten and stuff. A lot of people's staple probably have pasta at least once a week, isn't it? whether it's Zanya or Bolognese or something. So, I don't know. I'm just surprised with a name like Gwyneth, right? She sounds like a good Welsh girl to me, and she's not eating bread. That's unheard of. Like, it says it's one of the major food food groups, isn't it? She apparently, sounds like she's like from Tom Revile. Apparently, like, the only bread cheats is lava bread, but uh, they can't get that in America. So. <laughs> oh, Gwyneth the film, as she's known in the valleys. <laughs> if she grew up in a valley, that's, like that's your major food with bread and jaffa cakes are like the top things you can go. We used to go to a loaf of braces bread a day in our house. And fuck knows how many boxes of Jaffa cakes. I don't know, she, she wouldn't have coped. She wouldn't have coped with a fucking in the valleys with a name like fucking Paltrow, put it that way. <laughs> I don't think she could help us say anything, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> She's not much for saying, huh? I don't think she gets to say over any of her name, to be honest. Oh, uh, that's a good... <laughs> yeah, a good I don't know, is it is it her name or is it not her name? I don't know, actually. No idea. All I know is she chose a fucking name that was Apple for her kids, so that's just fucking idiot, anyway. She's 17 now. I'll make you feel old. Yeah. Seriously? Jesus. Yeah. Well, All so Killer No Filler by Sub 41 was 20 years old last week. <laughs> That's a bit yep. upsetting. Yep. Feel old. Feel old. Um, so I don't know about you. My my low points of lockdown was uh, not seeing my girlfriend for over 100 days and then mixing a really shit red wine with Pepsi Max because it was anything we had left in the house. And uh, calling it a Barry Island iced tea. So I don't know I if they're that... really on a par, to be honest. <laughs> I think if my I low point bread in here. My low point on um, over lockdown was probably one of my friend, one of my close friends for thirty odd years, posting a picture of fucking sparkly cowboy boots that he bought. But never mind. <laughs> I, lockdown's over. The cowboy boots are out. They're out know. and they're See, on. I was thinking about this when you when you asked me, and like, I just embraced it early with lockdown. So like, there's loads of people that are that are saying, "Oh, I think my low point was this, and this is when I usually get into me." But see, as soon as it became clear that it wasn't just going to be two weeks, I was like, straight on the internet, filled my basket up with sweatpants and vests, and I was like, "This is happening. I'm just I'm just going to get into it," because <laughs> I was on furlough for ages to start with as well. Mm. See, I so, wasn't. I, I couldn't fully embrace the lockdown life because I had to work every day. Uh, see, even when I was working, I was working at home. So Lovell had a sale at the start of it and I was just like, trade wear, one of each, jobs are good. <laughs> I didn't have a low point because I started low. <laughs> 12, 12 months in vests and shorts. Pretty much. We went out in September. I don't know how, how it was for you guys, but we had that little bit at the end of like August, September, where we could kind of get out and do stuff. Yeah, and we went we went to Edinburgh for drinks and a and dinner with a couple of our pals. And normally, I don't mind getting like I quite like getting dressed up if I'm going for a meal, like not sparkly cowboy boots, but like normal people dressed up. <laughs> so, I, so I'd like normally we'd you know get like get a shirt, maybe a jacket. And honestly, we were going to Edinburgh in September for that meal. And I think we're going to have to put fucking jeans on for this. This is an absolute outrage. There's no elastic in these trousers. It's a joke. 
that was the one for me because I start off with it and then I went into my I've got my work which can be a little bit and then when it came to dressing up for the first time and I thought these are a bit fucking tight after lockdown I've not been out for fucking I don't know how long I haven't trained for a year but so yeah I think we can all agree that uh, Gwyneth can consciously uncouple her head from her ass (laughs) have a sandwich and put a smile on your face love um Shall we move on to some rugby news? Yeah, why not? So the big one from today, uh, France are back in the transgender inclusion with their rugby. That's why I've not been in a fight on Twitter because I've not been on to speak about that yet. <laughs> well, I've I've quote tweeted it. I've I've let my feelings be known. I very rarely get the two. Once I had turfs, I had a big argument with them, and then it all dissolved away, including one quite prominent in rugby circles. Um, and and she liked all the replies and then blocked me. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've managed to avoid the turfs. But yeah, it's great to see that France are including transgender players in both uh, genders of the game. It's got to be a, a, a minor win at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's great. I just think that like. It's such an imagined problem. Yeah. Like, so I was having a wee look at this earlier on. Over the last three years in England, seven trans women registered to play rugby. Of of 7,000 registered. So that's not including uni teams, social teams. That's like purely, fully registered RFU players. 7,000 and seven trans women. If you don't fancy a one in one thousand chance of someone much bigger than you running over you, badminton is it maybe the sport for you? <laughs> the the problem I've got is about the absolute hypocrisy around it of the number of people who share videos, including and there's always a video that goes around once a year of a kid who's like 12 years old and built like an 18-year-old fucking smashing other kids. And everyone's like, oh, this is brilliant. Look at this kid doing Oh, look, he fucking leveled that boy. And then as soon as he becomes a, oh, well, we can't have this with the different weight issues and these properly trained fucking players. They're like, well, you loved it when the kid yep. was fucking smashing all the other kids. Why, why is this suddenly an issue? Why do you suddenly care? Are there, there like height and weight restrictions where they're going to have to start testing people and stuff are just such bullshit. Yeah. Two-thirds of the Red Roses squad from this year's Six Nations would be getting tested if they stick with the height and weight that they want to use. It's utter nonsense. And personally, having seen Jake Ball fucking smash Faf the Clerk the other week, I'm all for watching. I say as someone who's not a big person by any means. If big people smashing little people is the way they're like, great, it's good fun. And learn to tackle better. Learn to tackle better, learn to ride your tackles better, learn to avoid tackles a bit better, and everything's fine. At the bollocks. But like you said, it's an imagined problem. I did bring it up um, with someone who was quite uh, God-loving, shall we say, in work today. Where said, oh, and she came up with, well, you are what God made you. I don't you. I'll tell you what God made me. He made me impervious to fucking fiction about a man who lives in a clothes. <laughs> seemingly, he made you a fucking bigot. So that's <laughs> So that, that's my... Uh, that's, this is the first time I've been able to have a conversation with someone about it that wasn't her. So that was quite nice. 
Yeah, um, exactly. Call me a set corner and fucking idiot in front of my people. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it goes down too well, I'll be honest. I hope she doesn't listen then. Yeah. However, thanks very much for listening to the podcast. That'd be uh, great. You can share it also. Send me a number. Send me a number. I'll give you a ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send us your number. We'll put that one out at the end of the podcast as well. Oh, the really, really big news because we skipped the week last week because we were both uh, otherwise engaged. Lions have been selected after months and months and months and months seemingly of absolute fucking nonsense. Yeah. We've got a squad. Shockingly, there's no Danny Kay or Marcus Smith half-back pairing for the first test of the team. So how do we feel about the squad? Are we happy? Are we not happy? Over the moon. <laughs> I'd I like... I had a, like eight in my head, eight or nine was like my very top end of people who I thought conceivably could go. I'd kind of settled myself into, wait, wait to count this, that there was five that I thought really, really should be going. And the, that was, I'd be upset if the five of them didn't go. And I thought at the very top end, there's nine that might go. So eight is fantastic. Well, when we done our Lion selections, I had nine in mine, nine Scotsmen. I, I still think I was right because I would have taken Gray. I think he, he should have gone. I've got a theory about that. Go on. We'll, we'll get on to who, who the surprise inclusions in the squad are, but you know how they were doing the last couple of meetings and some of them were on Zoom and stuff? Yeah. I assume that there's just been some sort of connection issue when someone's gone, oh, what's the name of that big lad, Johnny something, that plays second row for Exeter? <laughs> and then they've inexplicably gone, oh, Johnny Hill, of course, we'll just stick him down. <laughs> That's the only reason I can think of for A, Johnny Gray not being in, and B, Johnny Hill getting in. It's just a clerical error. I think Gatland oh, was just doing the players that he that he knows and wrote down Hill, expecting Corey to be called up. <laughs> <laughs> like the old Benson and Edges thing or Mike Bassett, England manager, with him <laughs> on the back of a five packet. I think I think the only thing it wasn't a surprise because we spoke about it last time, but I had seven of the eight in mind that I chose. The only one that didn't make mine was Ferguson, but that was because it was a close call between Fagus and Porter and Thomas Francis to get to get in as the final spot. Um, however, I was convinced that Sinclair would, and obviously Sinclair didn't. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I don't think there's there's don't think there's massive shocks in the sense of um, like the Scottish players. I think, like Johnny said, eight nine would probably be on a par for the year that Scotland have the way that they're playing. The individuals themselves, not even looking at the actual sort of how well Scott have done as a team, but just the individuals, how well they're in form. Um, I think there was a little shock in how probably how many English players made it, but then you look at it on paper, you un- you get it, you understand it. I suppose why Gats has picked it um, mm-hmm. in the sense of when people look back to pe- <clears throat> a lot of people use this in an argument, obviously, like towards me when I was all oh, baby Faz is not going to make it, and they said about how. People have have it in the bank in the sense of like Laws and Farrell and whatever, and they've almost obviously been picked. So I understand the amount of players that did make the squad because of what they've done in the past. Um, I don't necessarily agree with those players being picked, especially the 37th man, the wonder that is Courtney Laws, but never mind. Um, but 
I suppose there was a little few surprises when it comes to like Aki being picked, but then you look at the game plan the Gats might pick if Manu was not fit, Aki can probably fit play instead of him, even though and I'll mention it now, so I'll let Johnny go on his little bit of a rant, that I still think that uh, their centre partnership is going to be Robbie Henshaw and Chris Harris, so I think it should be It should be. I was going to say, will be or should be is two different conversations mm. 100% it would be mine I got a feeling we might see Faz and Aki. Well, as long as Faz doesn't make that first squad 23, I'm five pound richer, so that's fine. <laughs> well, you've had this in your head. I just that on the, the Bandiaki thing, first of all, he was like the silent man in all this. Because up until the day before that squad was selected, I hadn't heard anybody mention his name. No. And then I went Do you know. I have to say, Ian Hay from the Scottish Rugby Blog podcast, he had a bit of squad. Because I listened to that and I was like, you have a little athlete. Well, with, as, as someone sent it to me the day before, I didn't know, like, what do you think? It might, was it, it might have been Ian who said it to me when no one's mentioning Bandiaki. And I was, well, as soon as they go, like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But he's a very Gatlin player as well. Yeah, so, as soon as he was announced, I was like, yeah, I can see how he fits into that. Yeah. But I hadn't, it hadn't even crossed my mind. No, I didn't see him mentioned once. Until I say like a day before or whatever Ian as well did is on the podcast. In the weeks building up when we had all the nonsense and all the idiots and all the well, what about if they call up and then random player for like it was picked from fucking Wheel of Fortune with all the premiership players on it. But yeah, he seemed like the sensible option that no one had mentioned. And I don't know why no one had mentioned him. And you're saying that even though your love child hardly hardly parts wasn't picked. Well, look, I've had to accept, you know, Adley, he's had a long old season. He's been out in Japan as well. You know, they're into the final. Perhaps they couldn't secure his release in time. It's the same as with the English Premiership. I'll, I'll give Gatland the benefit of the doubt. But according to Wales Online, he set up a 95-yard try uh, this weekend. I mean, he definitely fucking didn't. He touched <laughs> the ball in the build-up to a try. Which just so happened to be... Yeah, a lot of them aren't exactly taxing themselves in Japan, let's be honest. <laughs> it was literally, There's... the ball went along the line, the winger comes flying up, and Parks loops it over his head to the winger that's out wide, who goes... And you go like, I didn't set that up, lads. <laughs> he, no. he was just in the line doing his job as a centre. There's a fair few top league players that are definitely playing like they've got a big heavy wallet in their pockets. Yeah. I've seen quite a lot of the top league highlights. And I just keep thinking that you're at like 60% of best. Well, it's it, it hurts me to say it, but Greg Laidlaw is a prime example. Every time I see a, a Greek highlight, I'm just like, Jesus, Greg, at least look like you're trying. <laughs> well, it's got the feel of that. Remember the, the North American soccer league when it before it became MLS? And then in yeah. the same, they went out and signed all the, and in the 80s, they signed all the big name players. So they had like a fucking 64-year-old Pelly fucking playing up front alongside and, uh, a part-time Rod- plumber from New Jersey. And Rodney yeah. Marsh. And Rodney Marsh, yeah. <laughs> and like, Harry Redknapp was out there and then like... Okay, and then Frank yeah, Redknapp, that's, well, that's exactly what it's like. And like, fair play to them all. They all absolutely deserve it. Oh, yeah. But also, you could at least look like you're trying. Mm. And I think long term, obviously, it'll pay off for Japan because if you, you've got players like that, you're going to learn from yeah. them. I think I've got some genuinely big name players out there playing who are, I'd say are probably not taxing themselves completely as well. And, but, and, and by the looks of it, it doesn't look as though the fucking tax man's taxing them either. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I will forgive Gatland for not calling the Parks just this one. But if there's any sort of injury, I want him in. I want him parachuted in. Even if it's a prop, it doesn't matter. Just get him in. Yeah, I don't care. This is the trouble with it not being Australia this time. If it was Australia, it's just across the water from Japan. And it's straight in there. There's a flight so, straight in direct. Gat has chosen to take two tens of baby fires. Park's got to play ten, can he? Do you know He can play anyway. Exactly. I've seen him play the Scarlets. I've seen him play ten, twelve, thirteen. He's played on the wing. He can play anyway. Um, <laughs> under the, the, um, the other highlight for me for the, uh, the Lions squad, to be honest, was... And for anyone who works for a certain bank, this clearly, this I will have to say, did not happen. This is just for shits and giggles, and this is not the actual thing. It did happen. Um, I was working and had the drawer on on my phone when I shouldn't have been. Uh, and the highlight for me was knowing the fact I was about two minutes ahead of everyone else that's currently in our rugby WhatsApp group. So I'm watching names coming through going, he's in there. And then about 30 seconds later, I see like Johnny going, yes, Fagerson's in there. And then it was someone else going, oh, what? Fucking hell, not more. So I was like, I knew that two minutes ago. But yeah, it was, that was my highlight. Seeing, knowing that I can see it, because I was watching it live on their Twitter feed. And it must have been about a minute, not, maybe 90 seconds ahead of everyone else. And then seeing all the messages flying through of people being happy of who was in or who wasn't in and stuff. That was uh, that was my highlight of my draw. There must be a time difference between you and Essex. <laughs> like I said, if my employer's listening, that didn't happen. He's, he's using the big money bank Wi-Fi, isn't he? <laughs> no, it's absolutely shit. The first thing I have to do when I when I walk into work every morning is knock my Wi-Fi off. Honestly, it's terrible. Nothing, nothing loads. Nothing loads at all. You can't even watch Netflix while he's in work. It's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. Yes, Sky Sports works there. That's fine. Any other shocks, surprises? I'm not going to mention laws because it's just going to make me angry. Maybe maybe two not in there for me would be probably, well, three possibly stand there, Ring Rose and Sinclair, I would have thought would have been in the 36, 37. But. Yeah, so the Jack Corden thing's a bit weird. It's, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not when you look at it because he has been absolutely brilliant. Mm. But he wasn't, he's he's like Bundy Aki. He wasn't in the, there's that crop of names in the back row. Yeah. Where you're like, some someone's going to miss out here and... It'll be a shame for them, but everybody else is going to totally deserve it. Mm. And then Jack Conan got announced, and I was like, fuck, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, someone's going to miss out, and Jack Conan's going, so I don't understand how that's happened. It's one of those ones as well, because I was on you and on another podcast talking about how good he is now. He's, you know, he's fit to replace Stander, and he can come in, do the job in Irish back row, and as, bad, as much as Ireland will miss Stander, at least they've got a player who can come in. <laughs> Ready made and go right. Yo, we can pick on and he's an international already. And the same, like I never once did I consider he could be a like. <laughs> never once did it cross my mind. Oh well, yeah, he's he's a great player. So, so there's some bold calls for sure. Do you think he's going instead of Stander because he's got another two or two in him? Um, Do you think it's fixing for the future? I don't know. Part of me thinks does Gatlin give a shit now? Hmm. I don't think he's going to do another one. So, right, so th- this leads on to my other question. I might have to, I'm just going to ask it and then put my head down. Do you think if Stander was Welsh, he'd be getting to go? Yes. Well, no, if Stander was Welsh, I don't think he would be on the plane because he would never have taken the jersey off Farlato to see how good he was internationally. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think. But do you think if it was one of Gats's players who was retiring and had a chance to do a Lions tour in their own country, that he'd be getting to go? Yes, yeah. I think so, 100%. Yeah. If he was someone that 
that Gatlin has worked with a lot. I think he'd be on that bit. And I, I kind of thought that, that as Gatlin, well. You can see that Gatlin's done. He's got his players that he knows and he likes. And the players who talked him down last time magically haven't had a call up this time. Mm. You know, the players who either had a go at him or had a go at this geography six seemingly and had a go at these players that he called in and were a bit disrespectful. They're watching it on Sky Sports like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So I think he, he I would say, say I think he's quite open by the fact he would bear a grudge. I don't think he, he ever hides the fact that he <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, I think he pretty much said it, did he not? <laughs> I don't think that he, he's very much a, a man who uh who says exactly what he's thinking. So I don't think there's any uh any idea behind anything. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he like he well, I don't think he considers putting emotion into his choices is he in the sense of like if he did you wouldn't have had that call in 2013 with Bod you wouldn't have like potentially Fox he would have gone this time like if he's if he's a guy that, that only chooses like chooses on emotion I think Stender would have gone Foxy would have gone hopefully Faz wouldn't have um, but when it comes to obviously Gats I think he just looks and goes right how am I going to win and then just picks like how is he how he's honest. Like you have to admire the guy for doing it and having the balls for it. Some of the choices are a bit fucking weird. Um mainly Johnny Hill, I suppose, and Corny Balls. But I suppose in this the second Saturday in August, if we've won the tour, no one's gonna give a fuck of it. And that's exactly what it is. He is very much a judge me on my there's no room for sentiment mm. and he is very much a judge me on my results. I think Johnny Hill plays quite a lot like the staff or second rows play. I think he's probably there to simulate in training. I think as well, Gatman like him because he's just a bit of an horrible bastard. Gatman yeah. like a big, horrible bastard and Johnny Hill fits that superbly well. And so does Courtney Laws. Yeah. You know, if you want someone who's just going to be a knob, I can't think of many people better on or off the pitch. Um, so my, my new thing's projected test 23s because hmm. somebody had theirs out the other day and it only had one Scottish player in the whole 23. It's like, <laughs> fuck off. I'm guessing that was Stuart Hogg. It was Stuart Hogg, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'd have Watson in my back row with Tipperick and Faletau. Uh, yeah, I reckon Hogg is pretty much guaranteed to be a starter I reckon Mish is guaranteed to be in the 23, more or less, whether he starts or Tips starts and the other one comes off the bench. Uh, same with Price, I think, probably, unless Gareth Davies could do something magical. Yeah. Same with Harris. Same with, to be honest, even the same with the props. I think those, those six probably are more likely than not to be in the Test 23. I think putting one in your entire 23 is a crock of shit. I think they're all going to be really surprised when it turns out that it's England that are there to be the midweek bodies this time and not any of the rest of us. Mm. That'd be hilarious. Well, I, I was actually looking at this myself last week and I actually failed and stopped because I only did 13 of the 23. And of the 13 I've got, I've got two Scottish. In the, but both are starting. But I, I, there's there's 10 positions I haven't put in yet because I think it's still too close to call. See the anger washing over Johnny's face when you said I've got two out of 13. No, but I think that, I think, I, I genuinely think like, Everyone else, both for all positions for all nationalities, I think is a, a flip of the coin. But I, genu- I genuinely think now, if it was tomorrow, Harris and Hogg have to start. Everyone else, everyone else is a case of like there's a toss up. It could be either or. Whereas thirteen, yeah. I think, has to be Harris and Hogg has to start fifteen. 
I think I've only got four English in my 23, and I can't really see where you'd put in any more either. Well, I think yeah. I've got a hooker in, I've got a Toji, I've got uh, Anthony Watson, and then I've got Faz on the bench. And I think that's it for England for my 23. So I've got three, and they're all on the bench. <laughs> He's the most biased Welshman. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, because of the way the squad's been picked, one of those is Faz. I think Farrell on the bench because he covers everywhere then. He covers your 12, yeah. he covers your 10. And then if you then I think Elliot Daly will be the other one on the bench with him. He's on mine. The rest of your back line. So with and, with and, and, and Elliot Daly, you cover 10 to 15. Yeah. That's so the two that I picked. That'll be my way of selecting it. That was the two I picked. Well, if they do, if, yeah, I guess what depends whether they're doing a five three or a six two as well. Mm. Yeah. But uh, that that would be the way I would look at it. If Farrell doesn't start, he might start Farrell at twelve. I think you, I wouldn't be surprised if you see bigger ten Farrell twelve. I we'll, we'll see, we'll see. And our back three is going to be interesting because there's so much talent in our back three. Mm. I'd so have much. I've got Williams, Watson, and Hogg for my back three. Well, obviously you got Hogg there, and then you've got as I Watson and Liam Williams can both. Play either wing or full back as well. Elliot mm. Daly can cover full back or wing if he puts him in there. That's without even looking at Louis Ristamid and Duan. Mm. It's a fucking terrifying thought if if you're South Africa. Well, and Josh Adams. And Josh, oh yeah, I've got Josh Adams. So, oh, but I forget Josh Adams. <laughs> if he if he doesn't have a fucking engagement party between now and then. Do you know what? I've um, I've actually backed backed off my abuse of Josh Adams. I wasn't really abuse, but. I felt for him when the news came out the other day that obviously he's going on tour, but his missus is going to be having the baby here when, when he's away. It's obviously it's a massive thing to. Obviously, he, he got rinsed massively, and I know we were part of it when it came to like the gender reveal party and all that stuff. But I think knowing that he's going to be thousands of miles away and it's his first child and stuff, obviously, it's a massive call. And you look at someone like um, Yangs who chose not to go. For him to go obviously shows how important it is rugby career is for him, but it's a, obviously a big thing to miss as well. So, well, I'm glad you decided to stop taking the piss because I haven't. No, I yeah, know. like that's all very well, but <laughs> even if it wasn't for the fact that he got stood down because there's a pandemic, gender reveal parties are never acceptable. So. Yeah, and if I was playing with a player who had a gender reveal party and then had to miss a bunch of games, would I would I take the piss? Oh, fucking relentlessly, <laughs> and, and to my deathbed. My final words would be: Remember that gender reveal party? Meant you had to miss two really fucking important games. <laughs> um, final bit on it: You mentioned uh, some players who missed out. Some have responded really well. Special interview, especially very emotional. I will say both England props, despite Gen yeah. getting booked this weekend, both England props have responded really well. I know it's something. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that I, I think that it was absolute like mass, mass amount of outpouring of emotion for for Sinclair. Obviously, watching that game, it was a, it was a decent game. Unfortunately, Bath came out obviously on the wrong end of the defeat. But Kyle Sinclair for me won that game for Bristol. Like there, it was nip and tap. Obviously, in regards to the forward battle, but then he—you could—you could see him just go fuck this. I'm going to win it by myself. And he won penalty after penalty in the scrum, got them field position, 
and then they just turned the screw and just just win the game. But yeah, to see him, him afterwards, obviously the way he was, he got. <clears throat> I wouldn't say he gets a lot of shit in the media because obviously he does like he's been targeted before by Gats and Gats has said obviously like Alan wins, but um sort of going to wind him up and blah, 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 because we know he's an easy, easy target. But for me, the last year or so, while he's been at Bristol, I think that's changed a lot. I think he's knuckled down and, and just sort of become, for me, probably, if, it, if not the best, probably close second best tight head in the world. And he's not picked the best three to go on a Lions tour. It doesn't, for me, make, really make much sense. But I, I, uh, I think the way he spoke and the way he came out and the way he showed, obviously, that that he understands that he's a role model for kids and he's just going to get on with her and show him obviously that you're going to get knocks and, and sort of take it on the chin and, and crack on was, was massive props to him. Yeah, and uh, I'd obviously I'm a big Bears fan as we know, the massive toss well from. Um, it was great to see him to see that much emotion. We all we complain all the time about players not showing it, and then we complain a little bit when they show the wrong kind of emotion. To see him just come out and talk so openly and clearly, like very emotional and not trying either. I thought it was superb. And Sarah Elgin did a good job with it as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just sort of letting him speak, letting him say his piece. It was it was brilliant. It was really refreshing to see. I agree. And speaking of Bristol, uh, they've kicked off against Gloucester. Uh, Gloucester have already we it's twenty two minutes in. Uh, Gloucester have had one red card and one yellow card. So. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a nice one for the fans to be back for Bristol, you would think. Possibly kind of swing in their favour. Uh, just in the, the rugby was club that uh, Bristol crossed the line four times, but still has got a try. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they might have a player uh, down to 13, but they're doing all right with defence in Gloucester. Um, we'll move on to uh, a relatively new feature. We've already done it once. Our unpopular opinion. So I'll give you uh, an unpopular opinion about rugby that's been sent in and then we'll uh, discuss whether we believe it or not. So no prizes for guessing who this one's from, but the unpopular opinion is Jonah Holmes is the best 15 in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good friend of the park, Gavin. I can, does he want to rephrase that in the sense of like the best male 15? Because obviously... I know we'll touch on it later on, but surely the best 15 in Wales currently is Jazz Joyce. Well, I wanted to rephrase the John Holmes are the best 15 in Wales because at the moment, John Holmes is the best 14 in Wales because he's having a stormer playing on a right wing for Dragons. This is like the John Holmes who first broke through back when Andy Owls didn't know who he was. And neither did anyone that's Welsh. Well, no, I, 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 anyone who's watched a bit of the Premiership fucking knew who he was. So he, he had a few stormers, a few man. He had a great game at Twickenham, didn't he? He had an absolute stormer at Twickenham. I remember the fucking man of the match for uh where did he come from? Esther. Esther there. <laughs> Mind blank in. <laughs> I forgot everyone knows who he was, but I just know the name of the club. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah he's found that form again. He looks superb. The try he scored this weekend again was absolutely superb. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason I brought that one up because we'll drop then quickly into the Welsh games this week. So, a chance for you to have a bit of a gloat as well, Paul. <laughs> I won't, mate. I, I won't. Yeah? I won't. Because both teams are shit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, no, I won't because 
with 90 seconds to go, Blues once again had fucking thrown away a massive lead. So, and I put, I know I, I, know I got uh, told off for this in our group the other day, but Cardiff Blues are fucking shit and they're fucking annoying because to, to be 26 9 up, and I'm not being, I'm not, I don't mean this in any bad way towards you, Steph, you're a Scarlet's fan, to an absolutely shit Scarlet's team at the weekend who were terrible in that first half, to then let them come back in to be winning with five, five minutes to go and then have them make penalties so the Blues win the game. I think I, I, it didn't even, like, I didn't even care that we won. There was no gloating or anything because I thought we were, once again, terribly. It just reminded me of that game against London Irish in, the, in Europe where you knew even though they had 14 men, we were going to lose. Well, the only issue I've got with you saying an absolutely shit Scarlet's team this week is the phrase this week. <laughs> because the Scarlet's team has been shit for much longer than this week. Because it, it's been... Portland. I feel for for Di Flanagan coming in there as, as standing in as head coach interim because like, what's he meant to do? Mm. Like the team's been shit. He knows it's not going to be a permanent job even if he does well because Dwayne Peel's already just waiting for his contract to end. So... <laughs> Listen, it's not his fault that he signed a contract with Cardiff Blues and then you decided to change your name. Yeah, yeah, but the I, thing I, is, apparently Cardiff Blues and Cardiff Rugby and Cardiff RFC are the same thing. So, do you know what I mean? Well, no, according to his it. contract, lawyers. <laughs> I think he said in his contract he's got a he can only coach colours. <laughs> and as soon as you change your name, we went out Scarlet it is then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel sorry for Frank because he's coming like you know Dwayne so like what do you do if you're him? Like your, your team's not performing, even some of the big names are not performing. So change the names of some of the moves for a start so they stop getting confused. Yeah, what you do is you make all which the was the most dog shit excuse I've heard in a long time, by the way. I mean, I don't know what they were getting confused because I watched that sale game, and regardless of whether you're playing for Scarlet or you're playing for Wales, catch the fucking ball is quite <laughs> I, like that that goes across no matter which team you're playing for. I think which the issue was that game. The issue wasn't the fact that they had they were trying to remember the Wales calls, it's the fact that Adam Bean and Corey Hill weren't standing there to catch it. That was the issue, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I don't think they were saying it was the it, it was the line-out moves, I think. I, it was the general sort of back play and all. And it, it was just shit. It was all-around awful. I think watching this game, I'd be a bad sign for the Blues. Like you said, that they just collapsed so easily. I know the Scarlets did look a bit better in the second half. And I mean, Dan Jones then turned into fucking Bowden Barrett for one of the tries. It was unbelievable. He dropped one onto his foot for for O'Brien to run on to. But they looked lazy. Like after half time, they looked other than Josh Turnbull, who's never stopped running. I think that guy has never walked in his life. From the time he was born, he was born running and just never stopped. He's unbelievable. The ground that he covers, the work that he puts in. I know he gets a bit of shit. I still argue that he, he's absolutely out of this world. And he, he also needs Scarlet. He also needs to be Blues player of the season just for killing Bill Matter at the end of the day as well, doesn't he? So, oh, Jesus Christ. He obviously didn't kill him because he was playing for against us this weekend. <laughs> it would have been better if he'd killed him. <laughs> you wanted him to kill him. <laughs> that's, that's the problem he's got with Josh Kim, was that he didn't kill him. But yeah, I'd be slightly worried if I was the Blues that they lay the Scarlet in yeah. that easily. 
yeah. there's still a lot of work to be done. Obviously, you've got uh, young and now, and you would have thought that they'll start working on it. But yeah, the Scarlets have started their work by not offering 12 players new contracts. There's 12 players leaving at the end of the year. So there's a, a big rebuilding job to be done between people Um But yeah, fortunately, it was, it was painful. Um, I missed most of the Scottish derby, Johnny. Obviously, you'll be happier. The- yeah, oh, definitely. Classic Glasgow to start performing again halfway through a cup that no one gives a fuck about, obviously. <laughs> get absolutely slippered from Benetton and then decide that we should probably start playing. But it was good. It was, uh, it was a fairly hectic game. It wasn't exactly the quiet Saturday night I had in mind. It's good fun, though. Well, that's why the Blues are doing... That's why they won the game, because obviously cups that no one else gives a shit about is their speciality. They've done Parker Pens. They've done Challenge Cups. Now they're U- Rainbow Cup wins. They love a they love a shit tournament. Next year they're going to enter the Carabao Cup in a football. They might win it. Can you um, can you refer to us as Cardiff RFC, please? Because apparently that's the correct name. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought I didn't think I thought it wasn't Cardiff RFC. I thought Cardiff RFC was like the feeder club. I thought that it was is Cardiff correct. Rugby. That is correct, Johnny. However, so I, was told, I was told yesterday that Cardiff Rugby and Cardiff RFC and Cardiff Blues are the same club. It's just like. That's the name that's the professionals and the Cardiff RFC. I don't even give a shit it. about this team, but I know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But apparently, apparently, what you've just said, Johnny, is your opinion, which is factually correct. However, that's just your opinion. It's not factually correct. This is the way I was told yesterday. Honestly, some people need a day off. <laughs> what I will say is both sides of that argument are factually correct, and no one other than Blues fans key. <laughs> no one. <laughs> No one person. But if it's one thing I learned from Robbie Squidge Rugby's Twitter yesterday, uh, is people replying to him is that opinions and facts, they, there's no difference between the two anyway. It doesn't matter if you can show me facts and evidence. I've got an opinion and opinions can't be wrong. <laughs> oh, I love Twitter, man. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe it's free. You could just go on whenever you want. It's, uh, it's Honestly, I've never seen a place just so full of people filled with shit opinions and ready to argue. Some of the best people on here as well, and some of the best I've ever seen wind-up merchants, like <laughs> low-level shithouses, they're just amazing. And people bite every time. But also some of the biggest tickets, man. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't think I really got into anything on Saturday night. I was uh, even complaining about Andrew Brace didn't get me any. Nobody complained about that. <laughs> Just nobody biting at all. Hon- honestly, you should have seen that game on Saturday night. Nobody in the history mm. of the world likes being in charge of stuff as much as Andrew Brace likes being in charge of stuff. <laughs> Fucking hell. Honestly. Isn't he yeah. doing the isn't he doing the challenge cap point as well? Is he? Oh, See, he knew that because he's a blues fan. He cares about the Challenge Cup. No one else. <laughs> I only care about the eighteen seventy two Cup now because we won it. <laughs> he's a he's a fan of the Cardiff Rugby's. But he knows all about it. Do you know yeah. it's called the eighteen seventy two Cup because that's the amount of times we've played Edinburgh this season. <laughs> <laughs> we should be really give us. They should really have a cup for the uh, for the Blues Scarlet Star. Be step. We would have kept it all season, wouldn't we? You know. 
Well, you know, everyone has an off season. It's nice to see you win something for a change. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be competitive. It's lovely. You should try more often. Uh, <laughs> so, are we saying, uh, as tongue in cheek as the question was as well, Jonah Holmes is probably not the best 15 in Wales, but he's definitely a fucking good player. He's, yeah, I'd yeah. say that's acceptable. Yeah, he's not, he isn't the best 15. There's definitely one, definitely one, maybe two ahead of him. Well, I, hopefully, he'll get a shot as well against Canada and Argentina now in the summer. And uh, can put a bit of a market down. Yeah, we'll see. So, our next unpopular opinion is from Tom, the Latum. Uh, Codex. Oh, I forgot his name. Sorry, Tom. Uh, most of the red cards we've seen are correct and justified. The rules are clear and professional players should be able to adapt and not put themselves in a position to be carded. Refs don't ruin games by by carding players. That is, to the letter, 100% correct. Yep, spot on. Now, I've got... It's almost 100% correct for me, because I don't... I don't think there's enough red cards at the minute. And while we're still talking about this week's game, I'm going to throw Robbie Angel in it, which is at least a yellow. And it wasn't even a fucking penalty given. And Ian Anderson wandering back, ranting as he goes, saying we can't have tackles like that. It's bonkers. I completely agree. Like I haven't seen a red card yet. Despite all the people on Twitter arguing about it, we were that nah, shouldn't have been a red. Even the ones that have been rescinded, I've been angry that they've been rescinded. Yeah. Because it's completely at odds with everything that they're meant to be doing. And, and like even you add on to that as well, like I mean, early on in the season, I remember that there was that I can't remember I can't remember who it was, but it was the sale player that basically ki- killed the Gloucester player, didn't he? And then uh Carl Dixon didn't even look at it and then he was got it, banned. Was it Harris that he hit? Wasn't it? Um, it might yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he had to go off for an HIA and the boy never got carded. But afterwards, he got carded and the ban was some, wasn't it like three game banning? Like, yeah. If he had got red carded, he probably would have got a 12 to, I don't know, six to 12 week ban for, for, for the incident. But because he wasn't carded all the time, he only got three week. I he think Carl Dixon's a- lost his red card and he hasn't got the guts to tell anyone. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, he's lost I, the ones before he had a row and now he's afraid to tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. and he's I think like that or he's like scared of red or something. There must be some reason because the amount of absolutely stuck on red cards that he's talked himself down from is mind-blowing. He's got, he's got to be scared of reds because maybe he would have made that Lions talk because he's a scrum half that's probably the same age as Danny Kane. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to say it was a South African sale player in the back row and then I thought that could be one of about 50 fucking people. Yeah, did, you, <laughs> did, you, did you know the water was wet as well, Steph? <laughs> he's plays for sale. He's South African. Fucking narrow it down, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's enough. Obviously, I, do you want to argue that maybe Mike Browns was wrong? That he no, no. Mike Browns nope. was a definite red card. And there's no, there's, no, there's no bias about the fact that he's an idiot that hates Wales and is well, Wales' favourite Englishman. Um, it, it, was a, it was a clear red card. And I, I, I might have missed this. I don't know if I've dreamt this or not. But hasn't it been rescinded? No, no, no. Oh. He's had a six-week ban, which still seems ridiculous to me. 
Um, in fact, one of my wankers this week was almost going to be um, the disciplinary process because I can't get my head around it. Yeah, did, I, did he not get half off for that's, for that's right, being yeah. like not intentional enough or something? That's right. Yeah, it, they said it, it, was, would, it would have been a 12 and he's got six. I, mean, I remember it now. It was accidental, apparently, when he danced on fucking Tommy Taylor. Yeah, you, you see him look behind him when he's doing it. Yeah, yeah. no doubt about it for me. I, I, I can't see whether they were covering their ass. So he didn't go, no, you maliciously stamped on a player's head. But it looks like he stamped on a player's fucking head. Like, I can't yeah. see any way around it. Conspiracy theorists believe that... Um... Go on. I was talking about the Owen Lane red card the same day. And I love Owen Lane, as we know. I think he's quite... I once compared him to Cuthbert and took a kick in on Twitter. And I was going, that was a compliment, you pricks. He was a British lad. <laughs> 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 but... I, I love Owen Lane on the field and off a great, absolutely brilliant, funny guy as well. And that day, he, what was a clear red card when he killed the, the dragon scrum half. And I was like, that's such, that's the most obvious red card you're going to see. And then, like, half hour later, Mike Brown jumped on someone's <laughs> fucking head. I was like, oh no, that's the most obvious red card you're ever going to see. <laughs> and Austin Ely was going, oh, he's a difficult decision to make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As to whether it should be a red card or a GBH charge. <laughs> so we're all in agreement then that Tom's absolutely bang on. Yeah. Most red cards yeah. are correct and justified, and players need to adapt. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that's why I like you, boys. <laughs> uh, another unpropular opinion from friend of the, another friend of the pod, Gareth Gatto Owen. I like Brian more commentating. Oh, I like Brian more. I love Brian. I'll stick with him on this. <laughs> I get the feeling that Worley does not agree. <laughs> Here he goes. <laughs> I genuinely do not find anyone else more boring than Brian Moore on his commentary. I... When it's Brian Moore and Eddie Butler and probably Jiffy, I turn the fucking commentary off and I'd rather listen to the commentary in Welsh, which I don't fucking understand, even though I'm Welsh, because they just talk utter bollocks for me. I think no, I like them. The bollocks. <laughs> I'm gonna throw it out there. I think uh, the Brian Moore thing is because you're more trying to be more stereotypically Welsh. You could be a fucking coal miner playing rugby eating barrow breath and you couldn't be more fucking biasly Welsh than you are on this podcast. Singing a working man. Look, I, I'm the same as you. I love my county, right? And <laughs> <laughs> what a knob. <laughs> I, I think he's fantastic. I did... I did have a moment where I was like, what a prick, because he blocked my personal account on Twitter because someone else dropped into our conversation and I had a go at him and he blocked us all. And I was like, what the... We were having a really nice conversation, remember, <laughs> about Johnny Owen. Um, but yeah, I think he's superb. And I think he, he's pretty upfront and pretty honest. I think he's yeah, he's unbiased in as much as he calls it as he sees it. He clearly wants England to win. I don't have an issue with that. I don't know, as long as he says they're shit when they're shit, which he's quite happy to do. Yeah. Was it, was it not him that was complaining about how much they were kicking a couple yeah. of years ago? That was he so completely good. completely loses his <laughs> shit. Where he's like growling down the mic. Yeah. The ball away. <laughs> so, 
to tag a bit of news onto that as well, his article today saying that uh, the English Premiership should be ring-fenced for three years at a time. He's shaking his head already. <laughs> I could have said, his, his thing today is saying that all Welshmen should be given a tax break and free fucking bread for life. <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't fucking count for me because I live in fucking England. <laughs> well, that's your own fault. You've got to make these choices. Yeah. You decided to live there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no so, comment. Do, do we think it's a good idea to ring friends the Premiership? As long as Harris is there, it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I would quite, I, for my own personal amusement, would like it to be ring friends this year and I'd like Ealing to win. I would enjoy that. Would be hilarious because everyone had counted on. Saracens going straight back up. And if they don't, it's going to be so funny. Saris have, have had a win anyway by having so many fucking Lions, Lions players named, even though they play probably three games all year and two of those are for England. The fact that they're playing against fucking plumbers and fucking, fucking decorators and stuff, no doubt, in that fucking league. So that's probably part of the reason why Billy's not in there, which, which is quite right, because he's unfit at the minute as well. But... Yeah, Saris can get fucked. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know about ring fencing. Cause it did kind of make sense when it was pretty much a 13 team league anyway. The parent the team that went down came back up. That's just the way it always happened. But Ealing this year are looking seriously decent. So you're now at the point where I'd feel a bit bad for them. It seems like there's two teams in the championship that could be playing in the Premiership. And obviously Saracens are going to come back up and go straight back up to the top of the Premiership. That's just kind of a blip. But say this was next season and Worcester are down in the championship. Worcester or Ealing, either of them could come up and probably do a similar job at the Prem. Hmm. And so I'd I'd feel a bit for Ealing if they ring fence at 13 this season for three years. Because I think I don't think they're three years away from coming up. I, I think the easy way from the come up is they just do fourteen, do the fourteen teams up, bring Saracens and Ealing up. Nah, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got relegated for being absolute cunts. If they don't get promoted, <laughs> fuck them off. Realistically, outside of that fourteen, no one's going to get near the Premiership anyway for nah. like three, four, five years. So it makes sense, and it, it kind of allows those championship clubs to be within their means as well. Yeah. Compete for a title and then see if they can build something that in three or four years they can compete. The only thing I will say is they brought it into the Super League and they made the Super League a bit shit. I didn't like it when they ring fence there and they took the relegation away and it did go a bit like meh. I will but then you've also got a a reason to play for something that's not your playoff places. In the Premiership because you've got your European places, and especially if they kept the numbers they've got now. So if you finish thirteenth or fourteenth, well, you don't even play in the Champions uh, in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, you go put them in a thirty-year competition. Then it's still it's as good as a relegation because you you're missing out on something by not finishing that top twelve. So that's the way I would do it. But that sounds a bit too much to common sense. It probably won't happen. Fuck them so off. our <laughs> final unpopular opinion. Is I'm not sure I like the Lions, and if it wasn't for the financial implications, I'd be cool with dropping it. Which is from Rory. 
So I guessed, and look at his face, I guessed that this one would split the opinion between me and you, Wolf. So we're going to settle this the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Battle to the death. No. <laughs> Laid on order. Let's do it. Order in court. So, the most tenuously named rugby feature in rugby podcasting today. We'll take a statement to the court. In this time, it's going to be uh, it's going to be Rory's. One of us will put forward the prosecution. One for us will put forward the defence. And our guest, Johnny, this week will be judge, jury, and executioner. And the temptation to say judge, jury, and executioner was so small. <laughs> so, Wall, I can see uh, dying to get involved in it. So, do you want to make your statement first? Well, firstly, he's wrong. That's my opinion. That might not be factually correct, but it's my opinion. Uh, he's wrong. You can't be wrong. You I can't know, be wrong. Exactly, exactly, yeah. However, apparently facts and opinions may be different, may be correct. We, who knows? Um, no, I think I think the Lions, the Lions is and will always be the pinnacle of anyone's rugby career when they play in uh, the UK, an island. Um, I think... We've touched on it before when Soph was on the pod, and I've mentioned it as well myself. The amount of people that look forward to like the behind-the-scenes documentaries and stuff afterwards. Um, the the amount of players, obviously, that I suppose household names that people like John Bentley, um, Will Greenwood, etc. In the past, Bod probably only really hit the scene with that first Lions tour in two thousand and one. Um, I think that it's a special, special group. And with, realistically, there only being two traditions in rugby that still happen in the professional area that were in the amateur area, which is the Barbarians and the Lions, I think they need to be kept. Yes, it's obviously very, very um, money-orientated now. And obviously, it's in regards to getting sponsors and putting it on and how much money can be made for the Lions company, et cetera, et cetera. But I still think if you looked at individual rugby players and ask them what the highlight of their career would be it would be being picked for the Lions like I've seen Sam Warburton who's been a great Lions captain obviously in two tours previously say that when he was growing up the one thing he wanted was to be a, have a number seven jersey for the Lions and the fact he got to do it obviously was the highlight of his career even though he's captain Wales and obviously done well at World Cups and so on um, but I still think the Lions has a place in modern rugby um, and it would be a crying shame if that wasn't there anymore. See, I love it when I make notes and you touch on the things that I've said and I've gone the opposite. It's probably like preempting your argument. It really is where i be. So I, I'm very, really British and like the Lions and the Olympics is the exception. But would I miss it much? Like I get that it's the pinnacle for players, right? Not just to be the best for your club or your province or your country or, or if you else your county but to be considered in the best in your position for the whole of Britain and Ireland. So I'm going to say let people keep that, right? So we'll still have the announcement, we'll still pick a captain, we'll still pick a squad people can comment on whether there's too many Scotsmen or not enough Scotsmen because it's never just the right amount of Scotsmen it's like when someone else makes squash for you or, sorry Johnny Dilute juice. Thank you. Uh, Johnny and anyone listening north of Catherick. Right? It's, no one's ever exactly it's the exact amount of Scotsmen that should be there. So we'll keep all the pageantry in the show when people can still have their 300 articles a day about how Marcus Smith is a new Barry John and they can get 
more clicks than a cork up 16 year old on a fidget queue, right? All will be well and good. We just won't play the games. We'll make a selection so we can still drop bother and stuff and fucking wind the Irish up as well. But we just won't bother actually playing. But the only thing more enjoyable than the selections is the documentary. And we're not even having one. There isn't even a documentary this time around. They haven't even fucking bothered. There's not even an unofficial one because, you know, the three people who made it before, the unofficial video on Alliance Tour, only one of them selected. So we're not even going to get the unofficial one that might leak out on someone's WhatsApp. There's no danger. There's no peril. There's no bragging rights as such. Like, if you lose, you lose. No one can hide behind the fact the Lions beat South Africa. Your own country's got to do it. So I'm not, and I don't even dislike the South African team is the trouble. Like usually when we go somewhere, when we beat Australia, it was great because I kind of disliked that Australian team. And when we beat South Africa before, I kind of, but I kind of, I kind of like this South African team. I kind of like Brazi and I like Colby and I like, I, I like this team. And that's the problem I've got because next month, hopefully I'm up in Edinburgh with Johnny and hopefully we're in the game. And I don't know how many minutes I can last before I become Japanese for the day. Because <laughs> I think I'm gonna want him to win. I don't think I'm. I know a really good sake place. Yeah, <laughs> we go. We'll have sushi and sake, and we'll. I'll, I need to buy a new shirt now. And then there's this myth that it kind of brings nations together, and they, all four nations come together. But I think rugby does that with people anyway. Like bunging fifteen players together in the same red shirt doesn't make me want to share fucking pims and a gross sandwich with fucking on focaccia bread with Tarquin in his fucking Land Rover, like, being careful not to spill any on his red trousers. I'd, I'd rather be raising a glass of Thatchers with Bristol fans when they play Bath next season. Like, it doesn't make me feel closer. I'd, I'd have a drink with John, even if the Lions are not playing, because rugby brought us together. So I'll watch it, but I don't think I'd fucking miss it if it wasn't here, if I'm honest. That's my, uh, that's my argument. And fair. I've listened to both the arguments, and all it's made all it's made me think is we can we can solve this entire dilemma with three words, which are the same three words that uh, Squidge has been using recently, and that's come up on Blood and Mud a lot recently, and that is all star game. (laughs) Problem solved. We get everything that everybody loves from the Lions. Everybody in the Southern Hemisphere gets to get the same thing because they're going to have a Southern Hemisphere All-Star team. There's better bragging rights because if it's our entire hemisphere beat your entire hemisphere, that's pretty solid. We get the squad selection, we get the team selection, we get the everybody coming together, and it's just better for everyone. The All-Star game is the way to go. It's the future. That's what we need to do. I don't know who won that argument, but I'm sold. I, I love the idea of an All-Star game. I'm fully behind it. I want to. I want to pick an all-star fifteen. One of us north, one of us south, and we'll drop players in. <laughs> so, how many? How many Scots would make that squad though? Still eight. <laughs> Just Ali Price with- ahead of Dupont. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like having it's like having Cami back. <laughs> <laughs> so there we have it. Our judgment is that neither one of us are right. We. It, until he's an all-star game. You're, you're both right and you're both wrong. And the solution is all-star game. <laughs> so there we go. I don't make the rules. <laughs> I, I, think I don't make the rules. <laughs> Who's the judge here?
Ordering court. Right. Should we dive into a quick quiz? Yeah, go for it. I'm always so shit at these quizzes. It's going to be one of those ones where name the players as well. So, oh. oh, no, I'm terrible at these. <laughs> I'm worried about picking your phone up. I just need to make notes. It's on my bed charging anyway, so don't worry. So we did say next week we'll watch the documentary and we'll do Living with the Lions. Yeah. So we'll look at those starting 15s from 97. So to make it go a bit quicker, mm. only the, the 15s. If a sub came on and you name that player, you can have another guess. If it's a sub who didn't come on, you lose a life. Two lives and you're gone. Okay. Okay. Johnny, as a guess, I'll give you the choice. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Can I ask what game are we looking at? Oh, sorry, yeah, first test. First test in 97. Okay. 97 was Tom Smith's tour, wasn't it? I, I, I can either confirm or deny. Tom Smith. Tom Smith's correct. Neil Jenkins. Neil Jenkins is correct. Keith Wood. Keith Wood is correct. We're zipping along, I'm loving this. Gregor Townsend. Gregor Townsend is correct. I was going to say Townsend. <laughs> Rory Underwood. Did not play. <sighs> One life gone. Matt Dawson. Matt Dawson played. 97. We're doing both teams as well, by the way, so if you want to... Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Axel. Axel played in 97. That's your second life gone, Johnny. Oh, no. Did Axel ever talk? Well, um, uh, I don't know, actually. I thought he did. I thought he did. Well, do you want to keep a clean sheet and name, name one more player? Martin Johnson. Martin Johnson, was the captain. Oh, so, so that's what, I didn't uh, look at that. Can, can, I, can I just can I just go for it? Go on, then. Paul Wallace. Yep. Richard Hill. Yep. Delalio. Yep. Back? No. See, there's no way I was winning this. One life gone. Uh... I'll just tell you because people people got got lives to get on with. Gascott. So it was Neil Jenkins was full back. Yeah. Yeah, Ian Evans, Gascott, Gibbs, Tate, Townsend, Dawson, Smith, Wood, Paul Wallace, Johnson, Jeremy Davidson. I could have sat here for three months and not (laughs) Jeremy Davidson. Delalio, Hill and Rodber. Jason Leonard was the only sub that came off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bentley, Cartheely, Barry Williams and Rob Wainwright were the other ones on the bench. And then for South Africa, it was Jube, Small, Mulder, Lube, uh, Snyman, Hannibal, Juice van der Vestes and Osdurant, Drotsky, Garvey, Strindom, uh, Andrews, Kruger, Venter, Guy Teichman and Russell Bennett was the only one to come off the bench. Vessels. Swanepoel, Otto, Dalton, and Thieran. The other ones on the bench. Why did I not name you Stan Investors? I was just thinking that. <laughs> my favourite player of all time, in my opinion, the best man ever. But I didn't name him. Fuck's sake. Oz Durant, as I would have been the obvious yeah. one for me. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't sure with Durant, because I I, I think the, the whole Scott Gibbs bashing him off was the second test, wasn't it? That sounds like... That sounds like a video that might have gone on on that. <laughs> so, 
speaking of bashing it off, so we finish off with some uh, some winners and wankers to end the whole thing. We'll uh, go on, we'll, we'll start with wankers and then we'll finish on a on a positive. Well, that's the kind of guy I am, apparently. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Johnny. Let's have your wankers. Uh, I'm, I'm making full use of the fact that there was no pod last week to go back to last week's 1872 Cup. <laughs> Henry fucking Pergos, you play-acting, diving piece of shit. <laughs> well, and, like, fair play, Cable deserved a red card because you can't swing an elbow at somebody's face. But he he's a big lad and he gently swung an elbow at Pergos's face and you'd think he'd been shot. As a... Uh... Uh, sorry, the sorry the cross pollinate uh, thing you know, and throw it into football, but as Patrick Bamford said to one of the Burnley players this week, "Have you seen the size on the kid?" <laughs> <laughs> well, who's been my wankers this week? Um, am I allowed to say fucking idiots on Twitter from Cardiff Blues or not? Um, no, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say. The 15 players that were on the pitch for Cardiff Blues on Saturday that nearly cost us another fucking loss for completely switching off um, and allowing the Scarlets back into the game. There's a few players, I said, got a little bit lazy. There's a few Scarlet breaks with people. The the McNichol one especially, we took the quick tap. All right, he took a quick tap and called people cold, but some people just didn't bother getting back. And Dean Blacker scores the try, and there's still people wandering back. Like, what the fuck? I would have been going mental. Um, my wankers for this week are these new. I don't know. Do is the term still ELVs, trial laws, whatever they Ugh. are? They're all fucking bobbins. They're all nonsense. The red card one is shit because it's, it's not given a proper penalty. For the, the red card one is the worst by a long way. But the captain's challenge was a brilliant idea that they've just ripped to shreds and made so complicated that when it came down to the Ken Owens thing, if this had been a game that actually meant something, I'd be going fucking mental because it makes no sense. On uh, on Saturday night, I think it was Edinburgh were challenging and everybody knew what they wanted looked at, right? All the players knew, we knew what the outcome was going to be. Andrew Brace obviously knew. And, it, and so the Edinburgh captain's gone over and gone, yeah, we want to challenge that, sir. And Andrew Brace goes, oh, okay, then, well, what are you challenging? I'm Andrew Brace and I'm extremely important. What are you challenging? And he's like, oh, we want to challenge this. And he's like, oh, you can't challenge that. And so the, ca- the two captains are standing there and Brace is standing there and they know exactly what they want to look at. And he goes, no, you have, to, you have to tell me the right thing that you want to challenge for something that you can challenge so I can go and look at it and then we'll decide that this infringement that everybody knows has happened actually did happen. It's just a total piece of nonsense. Well, And then the Ken Owens, when someone said, oh, he, they wouldn't look at it because it wasn't a whistled decision. And you go, well, yeah, well, isn't that kind of the point? Like the, the refs miss something. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah, the whole point is the refs miss something. We want a challenge that you missed it. So I just, and then it was in the last five minutes, and then that, it doesn't it for the last ten minutes they intensify the captain's challenge. You can challenge anything that's yeah, and it was a side entry. It's utter fucking nonsense. What a pile of shit. Why don't we go back to the old? We've got now three officials on the pitch, and one who's got all the access to everything that you can see to a camera. Surely someone can see 
when someone does something wrong. Unless you play the French team in France. Yeah. Then then all the footage goes missing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we don't have that angle. There's a camera right on it. No, sorry. That's like Venga on it. I did not see. Um, I'm judging by Wally's little silent punching of the ear, then I'm guessing Swansea City have just scored. That would be correct. <laughs> um, we'll we'll do our winners and then I leave you go watch your wall. Who's your winners, Johnny? Uh, from this week's 1872 Cup game, uh, which actually wasn't an 1872 Cup game, that was decided last weekend, and now this week we're just playing them again for the banter. I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> Rory Dark that you were all sharing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Rory Darge, Rory Darge, I think it's Darge, uh, got released by Edinburgh a couple of months ago, was supposed to come to us at the end of this season, got released early, came over to us early, clearly was not real fucking happy about it, and ran through Edinburgh as if he was making the point that he wasn't that fucking happy about it on Saturday night. He was <laughs> unbelievable. It's him, him and George Turner basically bashing down walls every time they got the ball. And I just thought that, like, Turner wasn't that happy when he left in, but Darge clearly didn't want to leave when he did, and the two of them just came out on Saturday night and were like, we'll fucking show you. <laughs> was was Turner's a little bit, how dare you pick two England hookers above me? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> for this one. Wall, who's your winners for this week? Well, I'm guessing I'm not allowed to say Andre IU after that worldie he just scored. Um, so I'm going to say... Um, They've got to be winners, I suppose, in a tongue-in-cheek way, as, as Courtney Laws and Johnny Hill, because how the fuck have they got on that Lions tour? Um, but I know my my serious one would probably be Jazz Joyce for an absolute worldie of a cover tackle that she made in the sevens at the weekend. Um, that could not have been more textbook. Perfect. And to then win, the t- win a penalty for the turnover is just perfection. Um, she did another one not so long ago playing for Wales that was as good, if not better. And it was, uh, and exactly the same, made the tackle, bounced back up on her feet, gets over the ball. Nobody comes to support the tackle player and she tries to get back up and so they win the penalty. It's, it, it's, she's unbelievable. She's yeah. world class. Um, but obviously we've touched on it as well, but because um, we didn't do a pod last week, but Kyle Sigler, for the way he obviously he's reacted yeah. after that, uh, after the, not being picked in the, in the Lions one. Yeah, and he's talked about his uh, aggression issues and things in the past and now some things, things have got on top of him. What a perfect example of how you respond to that disappointment. He was the interview, the way he's played since as well. I don't know about tonight, whether he's one of the apparently now up to six times that Bristol have crossed the line. <laughs> so, whether he's one of the six, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's the right way to respond. My winners for this week, uh, from today, and last night, add on was uh, French rugby because that's superb to see their man, England, now both up to, to world rugby and said. Fuck off, basically. Don't be ridiculous. Let's put humanity before rugby and knock this fucking nonsense on the head. Um, and I didn't think I'd say this, but Scrum 5, two weeks in a row, Scrum 5 have done two, oh, well, three superb pieces. Um, Costa last week, and then this week, uh, Yogi's daughter, obviously, who's in the, in the Welsh team. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rob Owley. So three brilliant pieces for people to go and take a look at, have a watch of, and uh, push me close to tears and then over 
at some points. It was it was superb, absolutely brilliant. So yeah, fair play to Scrum Five for all the shit they take and it, it was it's been superb for two weeks now. On. And that's it. I think, Unless I think, anyone's got anything else to add. I think the only thing we need, the only way we need to end this podcast eh, is by saying so the telephone number you need is 07. <laughs> <laughs> from from where I view it, that's not the kind of numbers that people share in a rugby setting. The... <laughs> <laughs> when was the last it's dream phone, isn't it? Up? What's that? It's dream phone. That's why we're supposed to use. He, he, he doesn't know. When was the last time you were in a rugby club? This is... <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note, I think we should probably call it to an end. Thanks very Cheers, much. Guys. Thanks, Wolf, and thanks, Johnny, for joining us. Brilliant guest, as always. Anytime. See you soon. Thanks, okay, everyone, for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.